welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I am joined by opera singer Sarah DeCofne. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, as well as as anyone can be doing these days, I guess. In divorce-wise and <laughs> the world-wise. Yes. Um, well, welcome to the Divorce Club. How does that make you feel when I say to you, you are divorced? You know, it's funny. Um, my first inclination is always to be like, well, I have been divorced. Um, I am now remarried. Not that that's not that that defines me either. But whenever people say you're divorced or you're a divorcee, I always feel the need to like remove myself from it as like, I'm not a divorced person. I am a person who has been through a divorce, if that makes sense. What does being a divorced person mean to you? If you want to remove yourself from that, what do you think? What does it conjure? Yeah. Well, I got married the first time super, super young. Um, I was 23 when I got married the first time and we had been together since I was 16. So I always felt like during that uh, relationship, I felt like like I had succeeded. Um, I had succeeded in getting married young, and I had bought a house, and I was doing all the things and checking all the boxes. And um, for me, actually, divorce was really when my life began. It was a really, really positive experience for me, but I felt like... I always had to explain that to people that like, no, this is great. This is positive because everyone's first response was, oh, I'm so sorry. So I felt like 
the label divorced was like eliciting pity from people, um, where in fact, it was like, it was the best thing that has ever happened to me. It was, it was freedom and, and new beginnings. But the label, I think people never really know how to respond. I can definitely relate to that because I, I love that you brought up that reaction from people is always, I'm so sorry. And I think it's just people trying to be nice and understanding, but actually them saying sorry makes you feel like it's a failure, even in if in your life it doesn't feel like one. Yeah. And I also noticed that um, when I first started telling friends um, married friends start acting strangely and it has nothing to do with you and your divorce. All of a sudden they start wondering like, oh, well, if this happened to her, could it happen to me? And then you're dealing with all of their feelings that have nothing to do with you and your situation. Um, so it's very heavily loaded. I think, yeah, I've definitely had friends have a like mini freak out at me that now I'm divorced. And I've said this before on the podcast, it's like they think it's a disease and because I'm close to them, they're going to get divorced and catch it. It's like coronavirus divorce, people imagine, and it's not. Right. And I think the funny thing is that um, it's not like divorce just came upon your relationship. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, we went, oh, we were walking along one day, hand in hand, and then we just got divorced. <laughs> Just got divorced. Like divorce is, I think, in my opinion, divorce is this wonderful opportunity that we have in modern life to get out of something that isn't working, that you know maybe is unhealthy or isn't serving us. I, you know, I think that it's um, it's a privilege that we're able to do that. I love that. I love that the way you're kind of looking at things about divorce as well. And that's kind of the essence of the podcast is I wanted to change that conversation around divorce and it not be, oh, I'm so sorry. It actually kind of look at all the nuances of and everyone's divorce experience is different. Yeah. So how how long ago did you get divorced? 2015 was when the process started. Um, it took about a year so I think it was finalized in October of 2016. Um, so yeah, it, it feels like a lifetime ago. And my divorce process um, was pretty okay. You know, it, of course, it's never, it's never a fun experience, but it was pretty civil. And um, I felt like from the time that I like, got my attorney and started filing papers like that was a pretty clean break for me emotionally so I feel like that's when it really when it really started so because actually it's not that long ago in the scheme of things about five no. years <laughs> four or five years yeah um but it's interesting that you think it feels like a different life so what do you how do you view yourself as a person then compared to how you view yourself as a person now well, um, it was my first relationship ever. So I got into it when I was 16 and my ex-husband was 15 and we essentially like 
grew up together. So on paper, that sounds wonderful and lovely and very romantic. And I know couples who have the same kind of trajectory and they're doing great for all I know. Um, But I think that the person that you are when you're 16 is not the person that you are when you're 27 or 28. And I felt like my ex and I grew into different people and I am trying to be diplomatic here. Um, But I think that in his defense, he didn't know any better and I didn't know any better. So if I had been in other relationships before, I would have had some frame of reference to be like, this isn't normal. This isn't what everyone experiences or what everyone has to experience. Um, This isn't emotionally healthy for me to be in. And if he had been in other relationships before, he may have experienced someone being like, you know what, (laughs) you're not treating me well. I'm out. And maybe he would have learned different patterning, just giving him the benefit of the doubt. It essentially, the relationship ended because he had an affair. um, And the affair was what set me free societally. Because finally, that was something that other people understood, that they were like, oh, he had an affair. I totally understand. But I think before I didn't trust myself enough to say, okay, no, like these are the ways that I'm being treated on a daily basis. This doesn't feel good for me. This doesn't make me feel good about the person I am. This isn't something that I want to be in. So (laughs) that's a really long way of saying that um, I think that the person that I was then didn't trust her gut to know when a situation just wasn't healthy. Um, And I think once the blindfold came off and I was really able to see the relationship for what it was, um, the way I viewed all of my relationships and everything in my life really changed. Yeah, I I think that is probably a very common feeling of, because I guess the first time you get married is the first time. You've never been married before. You've no, I mean, for you, it's your first relationship as well. But I remember thinking in, in my marriage, oh, this is just what marriage is. It's just really hard. Yeah. And this is how it's meant to be. And I just need to be better at being a wife and then everything thing will be fine and actually having that moment of being like oh um, I don't think this is how it's meant to feel actually um is kind of yeah the revealing moment and so what did it feel like you'd so you'd broken up and you'd gone through that year-long divorce process and then you got your divorce certificate um and what's it like in the states do you get a divorce to get a decree absolute is what is called over here. Yes, you do. Um, I got it in email. Um, I was in Frankfurt. I was with my friends um, <laughs> at a restaurant eating, uh, you know, schnitzel and, and drinking Apfelwein. And I got this email. And obviously, my attorney was in California and I was in Frankfurt. So with the time difference, I, you know, I got the email and I was like, I'm divorced. 
And I had felt divorced before that. You know, I, I in my mind, I was divorced, but um, it was great. I definitely celebrated that night. Did it feel weird to get it via email rather than, because I always imagine that my divorce certificate, I mean, they don't come like this, but will be like printed in gold leaf and be like, ta-da, <laughs> you're divorced. Did it feel... You like frame it Yeah. Did it feel like an anticlimax to get it in an email? Yeah, it did a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. I I almost wished that, you know, I had gotten an email before the email being like, prepare yourself. Your divorce certificate is coming. Like a trigger warning email for the following email. Yeah. Another thing that really surprised me um, about it is that, you know, when you see in the movies, like, you know, the other party is like served with divorce papers and that didn't happen in my situation. And there was like, the theatrical performer part of me that was like, oh, darn. Like I wanted it to be like a moment where like he opens the door and they're like, you're served. But it wasn't like that at all. We just like calmly, I was like, I'm getting an attorney. You should do the same. And then our attorneys talked. It was totally anticlimactic. That's so true. I I think being a comedian and actor, I wanted it to all be very dramatic. It's just very real. Whereas I want it to be, yeah, in films, I mean, I think a real divorce isn't depicted very often, but when it is, it's sort of um, kind of a sideline to the story and all over very quickly. And actually, yeah, you expect them to get the papers and then someone signs it and then you get a certificate and then you go out with your friends. And it's not it's not quite the same, which is a bit disappointing, I think. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It. I mean, it's always sad, but it wasn't as sad as I thought it would be, which was funny. Like it honestly, divorce was nothing like I imagined in any way. It was like very, um, I don't know. It was just, it, it was not boring, but just not theatrical. Yeah. I can, I can relate to that. It's definitely not boring. Well, my divorce isn't anyway, but yeah, it's no. not, um, I think there should be more sequins and jazz hands in it than there are currently. Yes. I would make everyone just enjoy it more. So, so yeah. you, uh, you're in Frankfurt and you celebrated with your friends and then how is yes. the aftermath of that divorce period? Did you go, cause I got a bit overexcited and then went out and had lots of sex with lots of people did and I had a lovely time did you yes. have a similar fate because you that was your first relationship yes. ever did you go so on dates I oh I definitely went on dates but I didn't wait until my divorce papers yeah, were sure. final I I started as soon as we separated I was like I've never been single in my life actually I okay so I'm 28 years old when all of this happens. I find out that my ex is having an affair. Tried to work on it for like a couple weeks. And I finally had the realization that um, he was just trying to figure out which one of us he wanted. And it wasn't a healthy place for me to be. So um, I said, you know, I think we need to take a break. Um, You know, I don't care what you do. I don't care where you go. We'll reconvene at two weeks and figure out what it is we want to do. And I 
when we made this agreement, I kind of thought that we would get back together because it was the only thing I knew. Like, I just didn't see an alternate reality where we weren't married because I had never experienced that as an adult. Um, And then I took off my rings for like the very first time and he drove me to the airport and I went to LA um, to stay with friends. Sidebar, one of the friends is now my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so then after that, um, I got on Tinder and there was one day there was one week where I went on eight dates in six days because <laughs> I was like, I have time to make up for, like, let's see what dating's all about. <laughs> Respect. What, two in one, two in one day? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, it, I started off very strong and then lost energy as the week continued. So first day I had like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then I was like, oh, that's a lot. And then (laughs) the next day I was like, okay, we're just going to do like coffee and dinner. Um, And it was great. It was like, like a crash course in dating. And I really loved it. And I felt like it was a very cool experience to have my first dating experiences be in my late 20s because I already know who I am pretty much, you know, more than I did in my teens or like college years. And I am great at talking to people because I'm a performer and I liked asking about their startups. And, you know, it was really, it was fun. It was like a fun experience. And did you see any of them again from the day, from the week? Some of them, yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, I would say there were like two of two of them that I saw a second time. Um, the weird thing though, um, I had this idea that, you know, you're on Tinder, it's a hookup app, people are not looking for anything serious. But I think in the age group that I was looking in and um, maybe the geographical area, most of the guys that I connected with were like, well, I'm looking for something serious. And I had to be in the situation to be like, well, I just left my husband like three weeks ago. So I am not that person for you. And a lot of them, I'm weird like that. Like I've, I've checked up on people. I've like written thank you texts years later just to be like, I was going through a weird time and you were so lovely and such a gentleman. Thank you. How are you doing? And a lot of them are married now. And like, <laughs> I don't know. Everyone wins. That's amazing. I can't believe you kept all their numbers. I'm just like, oh, delete. I'm just the nice ones. Just the nice ones. Because there were a lot of guys that I like were wonderful guys. Like I, it really, it renewed my faith in humanity because there are wonderful people out there. Also, when I was married the first time, I always assumed that the world was just full of people that you instantly have a connection with. And it's also not like that. So there are lots of people that are wonderful and would make wonderful partners and will be the perfect match for someone else, but they're just not the person for you. Yeah, I, I had a really fun time going through my dating phase. And I think it's really interesting because I'd never experienced online dating mm-hmm. because when I got married that, or when we got together before we got married, that wasn't really a thing. So um, 
I think I assumed, yeah, Tinder is like, or, or some of those are just for having sex with people. Um, and actually there are a lot of like lovely people on there that are like, oh, I'm looking for a relationship and yeah. you can connect that way. And a lot of people I know, actually, my cousin is getting married and he met his fiance on one of those dating apps. So they do actually work. Yeah, I'm hearing about it so much more now. And I think... I don't know. I mean, especially now we're learning that everything can be done through a screen pretty much. Well, most things. (laughs) Maybe not the really fun things. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So so you got divorced. You're going on this like newfound online dating exciting time. And then you managed to create yourself a little business out of your divorce experience, which I love. Tell me more about this. So I own um, an estate fine jewelry company called Songbird Sarah Jewelry. And I had always like kind of dreamed about doing something like this. I've always loved diamonds and antiques. Um, And as an opera singer, you know, especially now, but always really having another stream of income. I mean, it definitely, the money is important, but I think also just exercising that other part of your brain and and bringing more business into your performer life is really important. Um, And my ex-husband and I had had a couple um, little businesses like eBay resale for clothes. We flipped some houses. So I had some experience with that. But in my first marriage, it was always the narrative that he was the smart money one and I was the spacey creative one. So when I started this business, starting the business and doing all of these things on my own with no help, not having to check anyone else's opinion, all of a sudden it was like yet another, like, you know, veil that was lifted off of what I thought was reality, you know, that everything that you told me was wrong. So that was really huge. And then um, I really missed wearing a diamond. You know, I loved my ring. I missed wearing jewelry. um, And it was the first time in my life that um, I had had control over my finances. After so long of wearing a ring on that finger that you normally don't wear any other rings on, you um, you really feel the, like talking to you now. I'm like... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details touching the, my ring <laughs> finger that is now bare and you really feel the loss of it of it and it's such a physical thing yeah and also whether you like your ring or not you can't really wear it anymore because of all the memories to do with all of that so you have to so you've got this lovely diamond ring yeah you can't wear and what do you do with it right so um I was in charge of my finances for the first time in my life. And so I was just, you know, kind of searching, looking at antique jewelry online, which I've done for a decade. It's just like kind of my relaxation, like, you know, just see what's out there. And I saw this amazing um, Edwardian Art Deco dinner ring, like made around the turn of the century. Um with old European cut diamonds. It was so beautiful. And it's like long on the finger. So it doesn't look like an engagement ring. It's like a cocktail ring. And it was pretty expensive, but I was like, wow, like I have the money and I don't have to ask anyone if I can spend the money. So I'm going to do it. So I bought this ring and it was so beautiful. And then I wore it to rehearsal when it arrived. And my colleagues were like, Sarah, what is that like just disco ball on your finger? And the first thing that popped into my mind was, oh, it's my divorce ring. And that, I think, gave them permission to be excited for me. Like no one was going to say, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, they were like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. Like, you seem like you're doing really well with this. And then that gave me an opportunity to be like, yeah, I am actually. I'm like really happy right now. So it, it kind of like de, depressurized, destigmatized the situation. 
And then I posted about my divorce ring on my Instagram for my jewelry business and women started coming to me to, uh, to find their own. So that's been a really gratifying experience to um, be able to offer something fun and positive and beautiful um, to women who are going through this. So how does it work? So say I was like, oh, I would like a divorce ring. What happens? What's the process? I do it one of two ways. Sometimes, um, you know, clients see the post on Instagram and then they go to my website and they see something and they're like, that, that's my divorce ring. But sometimes people are like, I love the idea. I don't really know what it is that I want, but let's talk about it. So um, then we schedule like a 20 minute chat, either on Zoom or just in Messenger. And I send them a little survey to figure out what's your style? What eras do you gravitate towards? Um, Do you want diamonds or colored stones? What kind of colored stones? Who are your style icons? And that's really fun because I find that a lot of women um, have changed in many ways, um, but their style has changed since they got engaged. Or maybe their engagement ring was never their style to begin with. And now they have a chance to buy this major piece that hopefully they will enjoy for the rest of their lives that represents something individual to them and their style and their life right now. I love this idea. So would you wear it on your wedding finger? No. um, I mean, Anyone can do whatever they want, but I, um, I'm not wearing it today, but I wear it on my, um, my ring finger of my right hand. But I know that in parts of Europe, sometimes the engagement ring goes on that hand too, right? Yeah. Or the wedding ring. Yeah. Um, so yeah, most of the people that I know don't wear it on their wedding finger, um, maybe a middle finger or the other hand, but something that's more representative of you and the relationship that you're having with yourself and your individuality. Like you got divorced from your ex and now you're marrying yourself. Yeah. And I I there have always been jokes about that, but like, I think it's a really beautiful thing. I think that it it sets you up to be a happier person and it sets you up to be happier in your future relationships when you've like really embraced who you are and you don't need someone else to complete you. Then you can have someone who just lives your complete life with you. Yeah, totally. And it's really interesting actually, because I, I'm obsessed with jewelry. I wear a lot of rings. Oh, I love it. Um, and my first Valentine's day on my own after I separated from my ex, I was in, um, Covent Garden in London and they have a market there with lots of like, you know, people who create their own like small independent businesses that come. And I saw this gorgeous ring and I thought, Oh no, I don't need another ring. And, and I, <laughs> I thought, no, I'm going to get that for myself. It's like a Valentine's present to me for being on my yeah. own. And I wear it. Oh, I love it. I'm showing it That's to you. It's like, it's like a big uh, stone and it's it's not engagement ringy, but it's also more me than I think my engagement ring was. And I yeah. wear it on my ring finger, but on my right 
hand rather than the left hand. And it was a really, and people always notice it as a ring because it's quite bold. And then I say, I bought this as a present to me on Valentine's Day. And I think, and it's a really nice conversation starter. So I love the idea of having a divorce ring because we've spoken on the podcast before about divorce parties, which Mm -hmm. which is a trend. Um, And I think divorce, I'm not sure about divorce parties still. Layla Hussein is big into them and she's she wants to convince me and I'm ready to be convinced <laughs> but divorce rings ju- any sort of jewelry I can definitely get, get behind, behind that very easily yeah and I think rings are great too because you can look at them um I feel like earrings and necklaces are more for the people who are seeing you but but you can look at your rings all the time so I feel like that's like a really it's a good like self-care, self-love piece because you're constantly reminded of, you know, whatever, whatever it symbolizes to you. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think these things are worth celebrating. And so what did you do with your original engagement ring? I had it you're the ring lady. Right. I had it reset into a pendant. I sold the setting and I had the diamond reset into a pendant. And for a little while, I felt okay with it. Like, I I didn't feel like it had any bad energy. But um, last year, I started realizing that I wasn't wearing it. And I don't know. It just, it's not that I felt like it had negative energy attached to it. I just felt like I had closed that chapter. And that maybe up to that point, it was like something that I needed to keep with me as like a reminder or just like a remnant of that old life. But then one day I was like, you know what? Like I'm done with it. Like this is, it's time to move on. And uh, so I sold it and yeah, I actually sold it and reinvested the money into my business. So it was, it was a great, it was a great thing. I love that. So now you are happily married again. I am. We got married last June. Congrats. Isn't it weird that we say congrats when you get married and I'm so sorry when you get divorced. (laughs) Right. I know. (laughs) So I'm going to say to you, I'm so sorry that you've remarried. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's cliche, but everyone says, oh, second marriages are the best. And I think they are in my experience. (laughs) (laughs) Second marriages are wonderful. Um, It's my husband's first marriage, but um, he is six years older than I am. And, you know, we both came to the relationship knowing exactly what we wanted from our life. And that's been really, really wonderful. And he's a professional opera singer as well. So you have showers together and just make amazing music. Just sing. <laughs> it's too loud. <laughs> no, we, anytime we get to sing together, we are overjoyed um, to do it. And he's a wonderful piano player too. So we, we do, you know, get to collaborate a lot. Um, but it's really great having someone who understands the lifestyle. Um, my ex, you know, I don't know that his expectations were wrong for him and what he wanted for his life, but I was never that person and I was never going to be that person. So for him, it was really important to have a wife who was home every night, making dinner, um, not on the road. And that's not the life of a freelance musician. So I was traveling a lot and I 
when you're self-employed, when you're a self-employed performer, you, you know, your work schedule is so irregular. So sometimes you're not working, like you're not going to work, but you're still working. And I think that was difficult for him that I had something that was so important to me um, that wasn't him, right? So that just, um, and, uh, you know, from everything that I know now, he is with someone who wants the same lifestyle that he wants. So that's great. Um, but my husband and I, we both understand the uh, the demands of the job and we're both there for it. So oftentimes, I mean, not during Corona, but but there have been times in our relationship where we can't see each other for a month. And, you know, that's not great, but but we understand and we're supportive of it and we find ways to make it work. Um, so that's really, really great. And then also just having someone who knows who they are is is wonderful. And do you think that's uh, your new husband, him as a person thing, or does that come with age? I don't know that I can say. I think one of the things that really, really drew me to my husband is that he is a deeply confident person, like not in a cocky way. I find that, um, that informs the way he treats other people. He doesn't need to put anyone down to feel better about himself. He's very supportive. He doesn't feel like other people's success take away from his own. Like he's just very grounded in who he is and that confidence, which I found incredibly sexy. And it has made me feel like I don't have to dim my light or dim my accomplishments because I know that, you know, that's not going to like hurt his confidence or like make him feel like less of a man. So that's like, it's it's really really wonderful. I mean, it sounds wonderful. I'll marry him after yeah. you. Um, I know. <laughs> but when you were going into, you know, obviously when you got together with your current husband and it was all going well, going into the idea of getting married again, how was how were you feeling about that before you did it? It's interesting. Um, I didn't feel like marriage was an important step for me the second time. I felt like I was really secure with the commitment that we had for each other without marriage. And I knew like, this is my person. Like, this is who I want to get old with. This is my best friend. Like, this is my person. And I didn't feel like I needed a paper to go with that. I, um, And I guess having been married before, I kind of knew that like marriage isn't like the fix all. A relationship is good or it isn't. And I don't know that that really depends on having a paper. I just felt very secure with what we had. Um, But my husband is a very romantic and, you know, more traditional guy. He hasn't been divorced. And for him, he was like, I've always wanted to be married. Like, that's something that I've always wanted for myself. I want, you know, I want the world to know about the commitment that we've made to each other. Like, I want to be, you know, a more conventional family unit. Like, you know, let's do this. So I was really, really happy to, um, but then when it came, came to wedding planning, I had already planned like a huge lavish wedding when I was 23 and when those things were really important to me. And I was like, do you want to just like save the money and like 
go to the courthouse and then we can have all our friends like on a rooftop. And he was like, no, I've been dreaming about my wedding since I was a little boy. We're going to go big or go home. So we had a very beautiful (laughs) and very (laughs) over the top wedding. And, um, I'm glad we did, especially now that like we can't, you know, these things can't really happen for the foreseeable future. But it was definitely like, you know, not, I mean, I hate to say role reversal, that's so heteronormative, but it, you know, it was kind of a role reversal from like what, you know, what people usually expect. Or maybe just from the first time round that you had. Yeah. Yeah. So was it weird? Did you have like strange deja vu booking? Because it sounds like a f- sort of similar vibe. To the first one, yeah. lavish. Were you like, oh, I remember that this florist is really good, or I remember this thing was really difficult on the day, so we won't do that. Yes. So it's like we're not spending a ton of money on invitations because last time we spent a ton of money on invitations and no one cared, you know. So I was like, done this, doing it different this time. That's so funny because I think invitations are like the first thing you get to do for your wedding when yeah. you get so you put. <laughs> so much into them and someone just reads it and then puts it in a drawer (laughs) and you're like that cost me 9.99 per invite (laughs) I want you to frame it I want it to be on your wall for all eternity um yeah so invitations that was a big thing um but you know the first time I um I don't know that the details were that important to me I don't know that they were that I don't know that it really represented me the wedding. Like I felt like I was the first one of my friends to get married. I felt very fancy. I read all the magazines. Like I was very like basic, basic bitch bride. Like I was like, these are the things that you're supposed to do. So I don't know that the wedding really represented me. Whereas this time I feel like we like really put our individual stamp on it. And we, um, So I'm Jewish and my husband is Christian. So we had an interfaith ceremony and um, my husband always dreamed of getting married in a church with like really um, dramatic organ music. So um, we got married in a big greenhouse, um, like a big botanical garden, gorgeous greenhouse with a rabbi and a minister. Um, But he still really wanted that music. So we rented a huge ass organ. This, I mean, what we didn't spend on invitations, we spent, you know, threefold on renting an organ. And then, um, so we had like amazing bombastic organ music in this big glass greenhouse with like trees and palms all around. And then um, we had like 25 or 30 of our opera singing friends um, sing in a huge choir. They sang, I was glad, like Kate's wedding. And um, we all processed to this just loud, loud opera chorus and organ. And it was just like very us, like, you know, just a little bit of each of us combined and just, I don't know. It was, it felt, it felt very different. It felt like, I don't know. And the first time I don't really remember the ceremony. I felt like it was more about the party, but this time, like the ceremony was really, really meaningful. We, um, worked really you know, diligently with both of the clergy and they collaborated really nicely, which was like a really great feeling, um, like having an interfaith 
ceremony and building an interfaith life to have like both of the clergy just really collaborate so nicely. It was, it was really, it was really meaningful. And I, I didn't feel that way the first time. I don't think. Oh, that sounds lovely. This is giving me hope for my next wedding. I mean, I haven't met the person I want to marry <laughs> yet, but when I do, I'm excited. Yes. I'm going to hire an organ. Definitely. That sounds great. You, you can have one. <laughs> it's the new in thing for weddings. I love it. I know. <laughs> so I normally um, round off the podcast by asking you some things that I'm going through at the moment that, and I want to get your take on. So um, recently I've been talking to people about doing one thing that made you think, oh my God, I can do anything on my own. I don't need my ex. It sounds like that might have been your business for you, but I don't know if there's something else. Like, So I've talked about mowing the lawn. Actually, this week I bought a outdoor log box and I had to put it together myself and my screwdriver wasn't working. So I had to hand screw all these screws. It took a very long time. It was like a workout. But I made a log box for the garden and it hasn't fallen apart. And I felt really like, because that was something my ex was like really into, like taking things apart and putting them together and like that sort of kind of lines and wood and make matching things up. Um And so I felt so proud of myself that I did it on my own. Did you have, other than your divorce ring business, have you had one of those? Yes. My ex had like this very chauvinistic idea about driving. Like driving was like a manly thing. And like he had it in his mind that I wasn't a good driver or that I wasn't a responsible driver. So we were living in California and I... um, you know, decided it was time to leave California and I was going to, you know, move my stuff back to my parents' house in Philadelphia. So California all the way on the West Coast, Philadelphia all the way on the East Coast. And I had to get my car and all my stuff to the East Coast. And I was like, I'm going to drive across the country by myself. And I did. I drove across mostly the whole country by myself. My youngest sister met up with me like somewhere sort of like in the middle, closer to my final destination. But, um, but I took this solo road trip all the way across the United States of America. And I went and saw like national parks. I took myself out to dinner. I listened to all sorts of things in the car. It was an amazing experience. And I was like, I did that. <laughs> that is amazing. How far is that? How long did it take you? Um, it took me about five days. Wow. But it was like a big like thing to prove to myself. Like, have you ever driven across the country, ex-husband? No. <laughs> like, I have I can't drive, so I haven't either. <laughs> That's it amazing. Was, it was really cool, yeah. And also, so I have a king size bed and I was used to staying in there with my ex-husband and then I suddenly got it all to myself and now I use the other side for like storage like my laptop (laughs) and books and do you remember the experience of having a whole bed to yourself and what did you do with it (laughs) it's a nice feeling right like you have the whole bed just spread out. I am a weird, weird sleeper and my husband makes fun of me for it all the time. I like my feet to hang off of the end of the bed. 
it doesn't matter how hot it is. I like to have all the covers on me. Like I steal all the covers and then my feet hang off the bed. So like at the start of the night, I'll be like a regular person laying on the bed. But by morning, I'm like halfway down the bed with my feet hanging off. So um, yeah, I could hang my feet off of any side of the bed if I wanted to. I could like, you know, <laughs> steal all the covers. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I've never heard that one before as a sleeping it's, it's position. It's really, really weird. It's bizarre. I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. So thank you so much. This has been great. If if anyone um, listening is going through similar things to what you went through or they've just got divorced from their marriage and they're thinking, oh my God, am I ever going to meet someone again? And you know, fall in love again. Is there any advice or anything you would like to say to those people? Yeah, I think that, you know, the person that you were in your first marriage and the person that you now have the freedom to be are most likely two different people. So I think that that means that like the array of wonderful people out there who will be a match for you are different. Like you're looking at a totally different group of potential partners because you're a different person now. So I think that that's like a really hopeful way to look at it because just because you didn't find the right person the first time, like, you know, you were different then. And now maybe there were people that you never would have considered or never would have met or, you know, never would have fallen in love with that like this new, more authentic version of you has the potential to uh, connect with. I love that. That makes me feel really happy. Thank you. Um, And where can people follow you online and find out more about your divorce rings? Yes, I am constantly on Instagram and my handle is at Songbird Sarah Jewelry. But I have to say, because I'm American, jewelry only has one L and Sarah has no H. So Songbird Sarah Jewelry um, on Instagram. But yes, I'm always really happy to get um, DMs if you, um, you know, just heard something in my story that you want to talk through or you're thinking about a divorce ring um, or any of that. Um, I'm very, very happy to connect. So feel free to reach out. Love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you 
can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month. And it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90s-style divorce and heartbreak chat room. And there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast, and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines. And please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.